behind every great design, behind every great collection, there is a narrative. Try to get to know the narrative of that designer. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to You Have to Wear Something. And we're still chatting about all the things you can wear, but let's just be honest, there's no style and there is no fashion without hair and makeup. And I am so excited and fortunate today to have a lovely young lady from my hometown, Chicago, even though I'm recording from LA, I'm still a Chicago girl inside. Um, let's welcome to the show, Yolanda Trejo of Yo Yu Salon in Chicago. Welcome to the show, Yolanda. Hi, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. Happy yeah. Monday. Yeah, happy Monday. Happy not Columbus, but happy yes. Indigenous People Day. We are getting somewhere. We're getting somewhere. <laughs> hey, you know, it takes what, centuries? But here we are. You know, you got to count your blessings when they come to you. Really, really do. And yeah. um, you are a kind and cool Midwestern girl. I always say that Midwest people that I meet, I actually have a good friend from Minnesota mm -hmm. that I met here in LA that we're still friends to this day. And that's how it goes. It's like, if you need a friend from the sandbox or someone who's going to keep it 100 with you for the rest of your life, I would say that the uh, Midwest, you know, people fulfill that, don't they? 100%. I think yeah. we, we um, are born natural honest people <laughs> we will tell it how it is we have we know how to mine our p's and q's but mm -hmm, for yeah. sure yeah and i love minnesota and a lot of people from the neighboring cities usually end up in chicago that's like our second city midwest new york and um how long have you been in chicago now so i moved to chicago right after i turned 20 in 2006 so like 14 and a half years almost Oh, yeah, you are, you, you, yeah, you are basically a native at this point. And, yeah. Um, the one time I was fortunate enough to visit uh, your super cute salon, guys, she's in like a primo location off Milwaukee, like, you know, a little bit right off Wicker Park in Bucktown. I lived mm -hmm. in Noble Square for six years. And oh, a you did? Block. Yeah, across cute. from that. That church is still abandoned, isn't it? It, it oh, my <laughs> <laughs> literally I was walking with a friend the other day and they're like what are they doing with that I'm like I recently heard because they were working on it and there was like a whole plan for this whole I think it was gonna be like condos but also like a creative space or something and or art school or I don't know I've heard a different few different things but my recent um tidbit of gossip is that like the funding fell through or the money or they ran out of money with a loan or whatever and it's just sitting there yeah, it's like this beautiful, boarded up, stunning oh, church. Gorgeous. Gorgeous that they still have not been. I mean, we're talking over 20 years it's been boarded yeah. up. So and, now there's, and now there's a pandemic. So I really don't think that's on anybody's like to-do list, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I actually learned to swim late in life at that um, pool over there, which is actually the cleanest public pool I've ever been to. In my I know. I, 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 we'll, we'll see what happens, but I'm wondering if they're going to do anything for the winter because I would love to. I, so I just recently moved. I actually lived in the, I now I live in the apartment above the shop. And, oh, uh, congrats. I mean, that, yeah. that's good and that can it's be great. bad. You it's know, good. You're you always know, there. Yeah, but I think at this point in my career, I have, I'm at a place where I just really set. I mean, I work a lot all the time with all the extra stuff you have to do behind the scenes. But as far as taking my clients, it's actually been pretty great. And then with COVID and everything that's gone on, 
it's actually been pretty awesome not having to like get in a car and drive or walk or just be so close with my dog. I've saved a ton of money with dog walking. Like, um, so it's so far so good. I think any entrepreneur doesn't shut off, shut off the day anyway. So if you can save some time or money or effort getting to work, it's, it's great. So, and the apartment's much better. So yeah, so it's a glow up for Yo and Yo You. Now, yes. I, I want to talk about this title because okay. is your nickname Yo? People call you Yo, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so then her, the name of her shop, Yo, and then there's a colon and then there's a U. It's actually Japanese, yes. which I'm totally fucked with this because Yo You sounds like G U, which is my online store. <laughs> so my online store. Love is it. Yes. So, yeah, so it's J-I-Y-U, which I put the little hash, the little Macron over the U to show that it's a long U, but it means freedom in Japanese, and it just really spoke to me. And then Yo-Yu, you know, from what I, I read on your website, it means um, the presence of, you know, momentary pause that allows us to recharge. And so I love that you yes. combined this Japanese word with your name. It's just like an amazing, you know, right there is like, that's great branding, in my opinion. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, people definitely don't get it all the time, which is cool. I think um, that's actually, I just, I really didn't want a name. I didn't want to put the word salon because I'm also a barber and I I just didn't want to like box the space in to one thing. So when people drove by, I didn't want them to think like, oh, that's all that is. Um, I, I really wanted a creative space and I wanted something that could just blossom into whatever. Um, and that Japanese name, I actually found in this Kinfolk magazine, the entrepreneur edition, which a super great client of mine, Pam, gave to me before I even knew I was going to open the shop. It was like the summer before. It was kind of an idea, but there was no timeline. There was no space, nothing. And she was like, hey, you've got to read this magazine. I love it so much. And they ha they every issue that they come out with, they do this word. They just do a random word. And I was like, I love, you know, my name's Yolanda. So I love Y words. And so I was like, Oh, yo, you wow, what a beautiful definition. And I posted on Instagram and another friend of mine, which there's only like a handful of people that I was talking to about even the idea of leaving the salon I was at and opening up a space. And she was like, that's it. That's the name. That's the name you have to. And I was like, I'm not Japanese. I don't really want a Japanese name, you know, whatever. And then it got bumped around to a couple people and they were like, well, just break it down, you know, and it worked out. So. Yeah, a lot of people gave me that too. It's so funny. It's like when every, anyone else, and I mean, I, you know, everyone that, that's listening at this point knows I'm a black woman. And especially if you're black and you name something like Asian or European, you know, you get a lot of flack. But no one cares if like uh, people of European descent name their business, whatever, <laughs> goop. Like your name get goop, they're naming it Google, Yahoo. No one gives them any flack for right. what they name right. their business. And they co opt all the time, they open up you know, Japanese restaurants, Mexican restaurants, like, and, and so on and so forth. So, girl, yeah. I'm glad you stayed true to that, did what you wanted to do with your name. I love it. And, um, you know, be you. And speaking to your heritage, too, um, you are at least uh, half Mexican-American. I right? am half Mexican, yes. And that's actually the other part. So, yo in Spanish is I. And so the the way I twisted the name was just like yes my nickname is yo but then it's i in spanish and you be like just the letter u is kind of like slang for you or the short version so the com the, the name is really about myself and everyone else gathering in the space or 
coming together to actually have the space run because obviously as a hairdresser, I'm really nothing without the person I'm doing hair on. So that's kind of how I twisted that. And then the definition just means so many things. So the name breaking down, but yeah, uh, the Mexican part was definitely part, part of it too. Right. Right. And, you know, I just think when you're born and if you're checking like any kind of other box, especially in Chicago, that identity is with you mm-hmm. because, you know, the city is divided up, unfortunately, is very segregated. And it's all about everyone being in their little, you know, all the black people live south and, you know, your Yuki village is Yuki village and, you know, Chinatown yep. and Koreatown's Koreatown. And, you know, we really just need to come together if that's not painfully obvious this year um that you know your your identity is something to be be shared and so I'm glad that you included all of that those layers and we're all very complex so I'm glad that you recognize all of it celebrate all of it and I want to get into um a little bit of your training and um what led you here, like your, your hairstyling journey? I know you went to the Aveda Institute. And uh, one of the first things that I noticed about you, I, when I met you, you were doing a pretty complicated <laughs> um, set of braids uh, for our mutual friend, Ife. Yes. And um, Yolanda basically knows like, you know, 50% of my family because she knows. <laughs> I do. I love people, it. All my people. <laughs> my brother and my sister-in-law but um and these are all like w- very interesting and amazing Waldorf kids but um that are now adults but you were doing like braids and one of the things I noticed when I was younger it was just so so divided like it's no way that my mom and I could go to like Vidal Sassoon or whatever or, and get our hair done it was just like a hard like no we do not do black hair and vice versa you know but we would see a lot of times in the black salons we would see them having a little bit more diversity in their clients and like I feel like all of the black hairdressers I had knew how to do everything braid and color and cut and they and they did everyone's hair whether regardless of the texture of their hair um so was that important to you or is that something that is uh part of the value system at Aveda like how did you how did you learn how to basically do I know that you do everything right I mean, I can't claim that I do everything, everything, but yes. So just to like touch base on everything. So I, yeah, graduated in, um, in 04 from high school and I actually went to Louisiana for a year to go to college. My, my mom and my family was like, go to college, go to college. And I was like, ah, I want to go to college. I want to do hair. But they're like, go to college. Let's see. Maybe you love it. I don't know. So I went for the deal was like, if you go for a year and you still really, really want to do hair uh you you know we will help you go to go to cosmetology school and the Aveda Institute Minneapolis is the original one the school is really beautiful and um also they just get a lot of they get a lot of people coming in which is super important when you're trying to learn how to do hair because if you go to a school and there isn't a nice flow of people or if it's just like all old people or whatever it's like you're not really learning so at the Aveda Institute yes from the beginning First of all, I, I don't remember a time in my life where I didn't know how to braid. Now, intricate braids, obviously not, but just braiding, braiding my Barbie doll's hair, braiding, I'm one of four girls, braiding my sister's hair, like my mom would braid our hair. Like, I just can't remember not knowing how to at least do like a simple braid that, and I, I'm like, at some point I learned how to French braid and it just clearly came naturally. So I think the idea of being able to do everyone's hair, I'm from a very small white town in Minnesota. Um, I think I realized the racial divide in my hometown at a pretty young age 
But once I left, I, I think I realized way more how that affected me, um, which not super played into why I wanted to move to, sh I mean, it definitely played into why I wanted to move to a bigger city. I, de I did want diversity. I did want to be able to do a lot. I just look at magazines and look at all the stuff. I was like, I want to do it all. I want to do anyone's hair. I want to be able to do editorial. I want to be able to do this, that, what other. And I was kind of surprised how challenging it was to find a salon that catered to all of that. Like you touched on before, Chicago is pretty segregated. And those challenges are, you know, have kind of penetrate all different industries or situations here. So I did find it pretty hard to find a salon that catered to all of that. Um, so when I opened up the shop, it's something that I definitely wanted to make sure was part of the shop. Uh, I had a barber that started off with me. I went to barber school. Personally, it's hard to fit in everything in my day. Just when you're trying to book, it's you can't really specialize in everything, right? So yeah, no, yeah, you can't be like you know. Yeah, like, it's like you can't all trays, but you can right. Try. I mean, I can try. No, and I really, I mean, it's my, it's definitely my goal. But even just with like barbering, it's like. How do you, you know, my hair, my men's haircuts were coming out of my old salon, opening up the shop. My men's haircuts were $70. Like, I can't just be like, yo, let me fade your hair for $70. Like, no one's going to sit in my chair, especially if I have no, like, no clientele, like, nothing to show for it yet, right? So that part was tricky. But when I went to beauty school, um, the first few days of school, my my first educator, our, our, our school is broken up into, like, let's say six to eight weeks. You'd focus on different things, Right. And the first section was kind of an overview. So you're practicing a little bit of everything. But this guy, my my teacher at the time, his name was like Lyndon Johnson or something. And he was this super big white dude with like hair plugs and just, you know, just kind of heavy dude, white, just um, not white, but a bit, just big hands. But he could do like it was like this big dude that did this like the most beautiful finger waves and set the hair it just didn't just knew how to do hair so wonderful but I remember he was going through the courses and he came across doing textured hair so it's like you're gonna learn how to do relaxer reformation perm like all these things right and he was like if you think you don't know how to, you don't need to learn how to do this all of you are going to need to learn how to do these things and all of you should become comfortable with doing everybody's hair because in the next 10 years, there's going to be more people that sit in your chair that have mixed hair or textured hair or different kinds of hair than there is going to be just the blonde white chick, right? Or nappy ass hair, which is my hair. Right. Uh, which is what we lovingly call it. Like, oh, you got nappy ass hair. But really, but, it's, cur really it's just extremely it's just curly. curly. It's and it's coarse and it hair. absorbs yeah. different and it's different yeah. courses and so to make a long story longer, shorter, whatever, um, I just will never forget that moment because I went to school wanting that. And there was so many people that were so scared of that. And I feel like I knew, ex I was like, yeah, I agree with him. Like this, you know, like, you know, my hair is not that different, but it's definitely different from friends I grew up with, you know, like more coarse and thicker and longer and all these things. And so I think, I think what we're seeing too is just, and what I've experienced over almost 15 years of doing it, doing hair is that it's so sad to me how many people just feel like no one knows how to do their hair and how that's such a common thing that people say like, Oh, you know how to do my hair. And it does, it has nothing to do. I mean, 
it's interesting because I feel like I've heard that from every different skin type, every different hair type, right? From fine hair, like super fine, thin hair to obviously like coarse or nappier hair to, and particularly anyone that has any curl, right? Like people with curly hair are just like, oh, I've had a horrible haircut. Like, are you sure? Yeah, you know I've had a horrible, horrible life. Yeah, the course of your hair. And even like when you said like even mixed, but that doesn't even directly determine like the texture of your hair. I mean, like even Ife and Shabbat, they're both mixed. Yeah. Their hair is totally different. So different. Yeah. So, know, I, so I think yeah. I think what's really cool is that the hair industry is is getting a lot of exposure because of social media, which is fantastic. And it's also the education of hair, hair products, how to do hair, all that stuff is also getting exposed and is being elevated and is um, being celebrated more, which I think is beautiful. And people are learning more about hair. And also I think people are learning more that like, we're not that different, right? Like it's hair. It, it looks different, but it's also, it's hair. It, it grows out of your head and it has these elements to it and it does X, Y, and Z. And I think that's something that um, I'm really, really I'm, I'm very happy to see that, but I also try to do as a hairdresser is just really educate people and make people more aware of just thing, just, just their hair. Like if someone sits in my hair and has super curly hair, I still have a conversation with them about scalp health and how to shampoo and how to wash and everything. The same, almost same conversation that I'm going to have with someone that has the opposite hair of them. And yeah, when, when, and, and I'll even repeat that when I would go to salons, my mom's hair is a little bit finer than mine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what black people would call like good hair, which there's mm-hmm. no such thing as good hair, <laughs> but, um, you know, when they would say, no, we can't do your daughter's hair. What they meant is, we don't want to do it. We don't want to touch her hair. And also we have no plans to do it. Like we never want to include you in our salon clientele. But and what a silly, don't you feel like it's like, what a silly thing to just not like it, the fear, right? Like the fear that people have around things really stops them from just taking one minute to learn how to do something or to be comfortable with it. Like, it's, I don't know, it's something that's definitely makes me sad, but also it's just on a bit from a business standpoint, like, why would you pigeonhole yourself into that box? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I bring this point up so much, but it's still so important just, you know, for years, women of all like shades have been also asking for more colors with foundation and makeup. Mm-hmm. And then here comes Rihanna. She drops Fenty and she makes like 75 million or maybe even more the first month. The right. First month. And we have been literally begging, begging brands, please, Bobby Brown, please, Mac, please. Mac has been the closest, but like, please, Clinique, whoever, make more colors. Black women will spend that dough if it fits their. It's priceless to have a foundation to match your skin yep. tone. Priceless. And usually now these jobs. They want you to step it up. They they almost say you have to wear makeup. Yeah. And when you think about that, even with nude underwear, people don't wrap their head around nude usually means beige. Yeah. Well, my we mom, did. when we were going to, you know, yeah. when she was working in the 60s and 70s, it was part of the dress dress code to be professional. You had to wear pantyhose. Yeah. But you had to wear these outrageously light beige pantyhose on your brown legs. And it looked totally fucking wild. And so now it's like, I love this time, like you said, with social media and all of that. And people just waking up to the fact that like, look, like it's been this 
practice of just straight out rejection and at the extreme level hate yeah and it all comes unfortunately one of the main terms of the year white supremacy or whiteness you know or centering you know european descent and even when even in the black community and the white community it was always about taming the curls too or the afro and saying well let's do what we can to make the hair straight right Mm -hmm. and i'm sure when people sit in your seat you're not dictating to them hey, how can we get these curls out of your head? Like, how can... But No, I don't actually don't... I, I this one you. thing, I don't do relaxers. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, and I'm not against them, please, like, everybody. But it's just something that, like, I'm like, yeah, that's not really something. A lot of chemical stuff is just not my thing um, for my own personal, like, safety. But also just because I'm like, it's just not really my thing. I love texture. I love hair. I, I love big and better and, like, helping people kind of, learn how to enhance you know just enjoy their hair texture and and work with it yeah yeah and I even noticed too like even in the products um that you carry and again back to that it's like hey if you know whoever is listening out there if you include black women in any kind of beauty any kind of grooming they will spend the money like you are it's a better business model to include as many women as you can. Um, It's women making decisions on pretty much most of the products. It's like 80% of everything bought is decided Mm -hmm. by the woman of the house. Well, let's be real. We make about 80% of the decisions about everything in this world. (laughs) Bottom line. Bottom line. Listen, so women, I'm speaking. Um, (laughs) um, So I I love that. I love that you have the glow up where like everything is in house. Um, The woman I used to work for, Robin Richmond, she's like that. She lives as well. She owns the property and it's, it's a good model and it adds value to, to what you're doing so that you can concentrate and streamline. Um, What is it that when you got in the business, what didn't you like? Like what is like, a learning point or like a a lesson you learned that you could share that you were like, okay, I didn't know this before. Mm -hmm. And I've now, you know, changed course. Yeah. I I mean, I think, um, I didn't think it was going to be, well, let's just, let me say this. Like I definitely was naive to the reality of what segregation, racism, like all that looks like in a big city because I, I just thought like, I'm going to move to Chicago. It's going to be so diverse and I'm going to get this job. It's going to be great. Like no big deal. You know, (laughs) like I was just like, Oh, like people were just not, no, you know? So I think that those challenges, I got super, super lucky by meeting some amazing people. Um, Ife was one of my first friends here who obviously no one I'm listening necessarily knows who Ife is, but Ife is black and, um, and French, so black and white. And, you know, being exposed to a very diverse group of people, like then I met Shabbat and Sarah and all these other people. And obviously I was learning how to do hair at the time when I was apprenticing at the salon I worked at. And so, but I had these friends that had all these different, all these different races. And I think that was such a blessing because at least with my friends, I started learning how to do stuff. And when you're 20 and people are like, oh, do my hair. Oh, try this, whatever. You're also in this demo, you know, you're in this age group where people are like chill to you experience, experimenting on them. 
the other thing is, is I got into doing like photo shoots and fun little things like that. So I got to play with hair and learn that way. And I had friends that would teach me. Um, but with, I think something that surprised me, not really surprised me. I just learned that like, there is just a lot of division and there's a lot of gaps and there's a lot of companies that don't know how to do things. I've worked with Bumble and Bumble my whole career. The salon I worked at before carried it and then I carried it as well. And it is something that's been challenging. I love their hair products and I think they do have a lot of different products and there's something for everybody, but I didn't see a lot of um, diversity in like their marketing or just their certain imagery. I was like, eh, I don't know about that. You know, like they, there was diversity, but the way it was styled or like really who they were picking just was kind of like whatever. And I, you know, I, I always spoke about that and I went to New York, which is where they're based out of and did a lot of education with them and would always comment on that. Like, Hey, can we get a better curl class or can we have more diversity? Can you teach a class on, you know, wigs or weaves or braids or whatever. And they've definitely worked at making that better. And uh, they, they have a great curl line. That's really nice. And they've done better at reaching out with people to help them design their products better for people that have the span of curls you know yeah which no, I appreciate totally. I mean, um and, and yeah I mean they're just gonna have to it's like you said I mean they gave it some date but like 20 something something in yeah. the future 20 30 years it's gonna be like more mixed people than ever right but I think the biggest challenge is just gaining that trust you know and then the the I mean, listen, we're all dealing with that in a way. It's like, we want to be heard. We want unity, but we also want people to learn and we want people to do that. Like, you know, it's like, yes, we need people to come together. We kind of need to do that as a group, but also then people are like, I think black people are extremely exhausted at trying to tell, like show white people how to change. And for me, it's like, I know I can't just be like, oh, sit in my hair and trust me. It's like, that's, there's decades and years and years and years of, that not being there. Right. So, um, I think the biggest challenge is just trying to figure out how to make a reputation for myself and just do the work and let people come to me and continue learning. And also just, just being, I think one thing with learning is you have to continue to put yourself in, in situations that are uncomfortable. You know, I went back to barber school for a whole year. Uh, it was like a thousand hours to get my barber's license and I don't, fade hair all day you know I didn't do that I mean it's something I definitely would love to do but like I realized it was going to be a challenge to like get a black man to sit in my hair or sit in my chair and let me trust him with his head you know yeah no that's dope that's a boss move to continue adding skills and instead of you know saying well you know what I just never planned to do that type of hair even just doing men's hair because I noticed Mm -hmm. um on your Instagram, her lovely Instagram at hair being art or her website, whatever you yes, choose, hair being you. art, um, is also cutting, you know, all kinds of texture of mm-hmm. men's hair as well. And that's a totally different, I would say like a uh, skill. Yeah. It's a different game. Hair. It's also yeah. a different conversation, like having a man in your chair and having a woman in your chair are two different experiences. Um, men are picky. <laughs> men are really real. they me. are it's, but you know what I love I love giving a guy a, an experience that I feel like is like for whatever reason and you're seeing it change which I think is beautiful but like why don't men 
want to give men a better experience? Why is that not something that they're doing? I mean, you look back and like the bar, first of all, it started with barbers. It started with barbers. Women weren't really getting their hair done way, way back in the day, right? Like they grew their hair out. They maybe got it styled, but women started getting their hair cut in the thirties during the depression when they were going to work. And so Mm -hmm. like, that's something for people to, and, and I think then this whole gay thing came. Remember gay? Everyone was, oh, that's gay. That's gay. Or like, oh, that's so Metro. Remember when Metro was a word? <laughs> like, I was yeah. Like, oh, he dresses nice. That's met- so Metro. I still use Metro. Right. Sexual. Totally. Um, but, you know, that was a hot, but it's like, isn't it? Shouldn't everyone be metrosexual? But, shouldn't everyone want to have cologne? Right. But like we were saying yeah. with like stockings, like there's a, there, people want to, to feel that way. And traditionally going to the barbershop, you got pampered. You know, the barber would lean you back and give you a hot towel and shave you and put cologne on aftershave and cologne and you'd talk about everything and it was about looking dapper and looking nice and it, that wasn't gay. It wasn't, you know, like Yeah, it was just grooming. Right. And I think it's great that we're seeing that get back back into the norm because I feel like one, men deserve that. And two it's that's how it should be you know why should you go get your haircut and not get rinsed off and leave with all these hairs all over your head that's nasty well I think it's also like a class thing too I think like there's a couple of things going on and um I think as men usually as a man gets more money he's doing a few more things sure he's getting a manicure maybe he's got cologne on maybe he's getting a tailored suit versus off the rack but I think there's also this idea especially with black men that want to keep um alexa stop (laughs) here she is i knew somebody was going to interrupt us yes Uh, technology that's my best friend during the quarantine um but i think that black men whether they are wealthy or not they want to keep this realness this blue collarness to them Mm -hmm. um which is a little bit rough you know what I'm saying and what they oh I see it with my dad I see it with my dad you know what I mean it's like yeah I don't need all of that that, yeah that pansy stuff you know that pansy towel right and I feel like it is in it and it and I think it's not just the black culture I think it's the man it's the men have been taught like oh why do I need all that you know and then, but I think then what happens is there's this defensiveness on both sides of it. Like, well, oh, well, I go here because that's so nice. It's like, but really it's just like, it's a, it's something that got taken out of a traditional way. Like that's how you were taught to do that originally. Right. And it got kind of got taken away and I get it. Like there's a hustle in it. There's definitely less time. You know, if you go to a barbershop and they're not worried about cutting your hair, or washing your hair and doing all that, it's quick. You know, and I just think it's more sanitary to have clean hair. Like you don't want to do dirty hair all day, especially. No, and then it clogs up. It clogs up your. I mean, your clippers, like all that, like dead scalp. People come in with stuff on their head, like all those things. So I think it's gonna be super cool. And I was telling somebody the other day, as I sit here in sweatpants, but I was like, I really think that after we get out of quarantine, people are gonna start dressing so much nicer. We're gonna be like fiending to dress up to look better to get like I think that it's I really am interested to see how fashion and um style and what people do like coming out of this you know whenever that uh, is gonna be I mean that's my background and I still dress well Mm -hmm. especially for the zoom from you know 
you know, at least the top, right? Or I'll have like cool socks on or something, you know, and I'm getting ready to go back to work. And I'm actually a little excited to go in my closet, dust off all my cute little, you know, yes. and skirts and things like that. And they are tighter. I did. I, yeah. you know, we, <laughs> we did gain. I did gain a little bit. It'll fall right off when you get back out in the world. Right. Quarantine weight. But yeah, um, it was so funny. They were interviewing all these designers because this has just been the worst year for fashion in terms of money. A lot of them had to start making masks and PPE and all that kind of stuff. And they were talking to Tom Ford. He's such an immaculate man, just everything about Tom Ford. And they were saying, hey, do you think like luxury will come back? Like, or, or is the industry forever changed? He's like, look, right now, this is, it's always the same cycle. You saw it with the depression. People are, you know, restrain, 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 and then they can't take it anymore. And they begin to spend money on themselves again. He's like, it's coming back. Make no mistake. People are going to want to adorn themselves. And that's just the normal cycle of, you know, saving, restraint, and now let me out. But I think it's going to be, I think what we're going to learn from this, I hope, is I think that what 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 will be cool to see is if these designers, because it was already happening. So I think you have to look and see too, like, you know, people want things to be affordable and functional and, and things move so fast now, right? People aren't necessarily buying fashion and keeping it forever and only, I mean, I think we're, is this weird juxtaposition of like simplifying the closet and Marie Kondo in your life, but then also like wanting to change it. Like, I don't want to buy a sweater and have that be the sweater I wear for the next five years. Cause it was so expensive. Like, I think, so I, I think it would be really cool to see these designers make wearable collections and and have them be semi-affordable so that you can have that nice stuff, but then also feel like you're not overly, like you're not, you know, not paying rent to get that. Yeah, I think, well, that's why, well, first of all, like the rental, so like mm-hmm. rent the runway and all of that got huge mm-hmm. where you get like a stitch fix, right? You yep. get a certain pieces and then you get to send it back. And this generation and even younger, um, we're all used to, you know, going to the thrift store, going to Goodwill, finding Levi's, and we're fine with resale and gently used clothing. And that's the whole model of the real real is that it's authenticated luxury that's gently used. And people are buying that just for the resale market. So now these like, you know, desperate housewives, especially out here in L.A., they buy it, they wear it a couple of times, it may be Moschino, and they may be able to even afford it. But like you said, they don't want to have it for five years. Right. So wear it a couple of times, give it to the real, real. And I, I've sold on the real, real yeah. as well, because I'm also not a desperate housewife, but, but an investment shopper. And now more than ever, it used to be the old guard, they hated used clothes. Like, oh, that was nasty. Oh, that was looked down upon. Right. That was pedestrian. But now everyone is fine with wearing gently used, you know, like luxury Levi's now has an in-house secondhand business that they launched. Uh, The real, real Gucci went to the real, real like five, seven years ago, you would never hear Gucci going to a business that sells used clothes saying, Hey, can we partner with you? That would have never, but also it's, it's like, you know, these brands that like decide that like, Oh, we're, we're not, we we are never going to put that stuff on budget. Like we're just going to burn everything. Like that's not sustainable either. So I think you are seeing how it's like, look, like, cool you it's like what's why not right like why not resell it why not like mark it down a little bit I think that's uh, you know like why not and let and let those pieces live on I always love thrifting because I just think like oh what's this you know you find like this great 
piece of clothing or a pair of shoes or something like what's the story with this like who had these great I had these mules that I found were so cute and I just was like I wonder who wore these before me you know yeah yeah not like in like a yeah that's what I'm saying not in a creepy like nasty way right. here, like, there's so much like yeah. excess and so many people are just doing wardrobe on sets yes. and then you, they exactly and so the Goodwill here, I mean, there is like the jackpot in LA because of all the production. And so, yeah, I think we are all going to hopefully come out of this. I don't even think like anything magical is going to happen January 2020. Absolutely not. We'll be in a weird place. Um, and if we still have this administration, we'll definitely still be in a pandemic for sure. And, um, you know, but people are, like you said, they're going to want to, I feel like people are going to want to go out for this New Year's mm-hmm. Eve and just kind of really bury 2020, like deep, deep, six feet under, bury it. Um, and want to, you know, show off their hair, get their brows done, get a facial, get all of that. And, you know, now I think it is normal for men to, um, be groomed it's not even metro now you have like rappers and they wear pearls and they have purses it's like it's so it's wild right know, yeah it's layers and complex and 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 everything and so um you're a part of that you know those decisions you made to include people to even include men and not just have like a shop that's just for women yeah all of that is you know very progressive and, and they get to come and see your beautiful face if you look on her website You'll see that Yolanda is just very <laughs> lovely to look at. Thank she you has very beautiful, much. Beautiful, beautiful thick hair and a beautiful face. So she's got lovely vibes, and um, she's always a pleasure to be around. Um, anyone that anyone that can that my brother talks to, who's a total introvert, but he's able to make friends with. <laughs> that's definitely. I love Kenny. Well, Kenny and I, Kenny how, and I are both Tauruses too. We're, you are. we're Tauruses too, so you know we bonded right away. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> But I think yeah, I think yeah. ultimately what we're I think what we're experiencing is we're really living in an evolution, right? This is a time where everything is kind of changing, and I don't think I mean obviously sometimes that's painful, and there's definitely things that are happening that are painful to to go through right now. But we're really seeing um, the changing of of these patterns of things happening. So instead of like fashion, instead of you know spring summer comes out and then it's just all this waste or whatever, people all these trends or whatever. I think people are taking. Like even with hair, people are like, what's trendy? What's the cool look? And I'm like, it's always going to be what looks good on you or a bob. A bob is always going to be a classic haircut, right? Like you can cut a bob on anyone at different, like, you know, just look at them, whatever. And I just think it's like, that's, and fashion's the same. Like denim, a jeans and a nice t-shirt, a white t-shirt are never going to go out of fashion, right? Or like a little black dress or a great pair of boots or like, it's always going to be in fashion. So I think- but what we're seeing is we're seeing how people do things differently. And it was the same thing, you know, it's the same thing at the shop. Like I, and look what you're doing. Like, how can you progress? How can you be ahead of the game? How can you do something different? How can you, even with your podcast, like, let's get on and just talk about whatever, not, you know, and like, let it be organic. I think we're letting things mold and be a little bit of different instead of trying to stick to this, format or this you know pattern that everyone told us we had to stick to no i i agree and i think that everyone this slap in the face of not just a recession and a pandemic Mm -hmm. but also the civil unrest like you know no we're we're not fine no racism is not something is racism is not a personal problem that i leave at the door when i come to work like you need to like actually you know, address it in the workplace. And it's stopping Um, people from succeeding. These stupid, systematic 
systems and issues and challenges are, and I think everyone's just like, hello, this is like not getting us anywhere. And I, our generations and younger generations are like, this isn't working. We can't do this. I started my career during the recession. I shouldn't be 10 years later dealing with a pandemic and another depression or whatever we're going to end up yeah, calling no, this. Same, like yeah. that doesn't work. How are we supposed to be successful? How are we supposed to like invest in the country, invest in life and do all these things like we're told to do? Well, we don't have any money. Exactly. It's like recessions every, every five years, like, oh my God, right. Economic downturn. How can you lay down roots? How can you plan for your family? You know, and it's even worse always for poor people or people of color. Like anytime, right. you know, they say that like, okay, if the white community catches a cold, you know, communities of color get pneumonia. Correct. And that's just so true. You know, it's like, well, yeah, it's cool if what's his face has the best medical oh, care and he can take medicine that costs four thousand a dosage. Like, yeah, that's not happening in nursing homes right. across America. So yeah, I love this wake up of this year, although a lot of us have already you know, being a woman, being anything other, you've already been a little but it bit takes time entire life. It takes time. Good. You know, I have this conversation at work and I'm like, look, look how long it took people to get look how long it took the avocado to become trendy. Look how long it you know <laughs> it's like not avocado took. You know, I'm like it went from like avocado right, like Chipotle. Chipotle's big uh, avocados, guacamole. People say it started with guacamole, let's be real. And then, right, and then it was just, oh, what, where does guacamole come from? The avocado. And then now it turned into, like, people are paying $10, $20 to literally get a slice of bread with some avocado on it. Like, that's... And standing in line and waiting, like, here at Squirrel, they'll (laughs) wait outside for that avocado toast here on the east side. Um, So, since we're talking about the future, because we all want to hurry up and fast forward to uh, (laughs) next year, or past November 3rd, I know that's what I'm on pins and needles about, but what does the future look like? Like, what's next? Like, ideally, if you had your way, and you're already on your way, now that everything is launched, you're doing your thing, what would you like to see happen? Great question. Thank you. I love that. Um, So the first three years I opened the shop, we had art shows at the shop. So every month we featured different artists or sometimes it's just a solo show. They took over the walls, hung all their art. We had these events. Um, Then um, after three years, I was like, okay, I want to focus just on the shop and growing the business or just see what's going on. Need to stop throwing these parties. And honestly, it just was a lot of like repainting the walls and all that stuff. So then the kind of the pandemic hit, right? So I'm almost to year five. And I think just really keeping that creativity, being more purposeful and mindful and intentional. So I still feature art in the shop. I would love to figure out a pandemic safe way of hosting events or whether that's like, like you're doing like talking, having interviews, doing podcasts or Instagram lives or something, but really taking time now to take all those relationships, uh, new relationships that I gained having those events and kind of circling back and figuring out how to make a difference in the community on a different level. Um, And then within hair, man, you know, bucket list stuff. I have like this all hair art show I really want to have that'll be kind of an experience, which again, pandemic postponed that slightly. I would love to continue to educate myself on different styles or different avenues. There's a wig class like literally how to make a wig class um oh yeah like like from the beginning uh they throw it at DePaul it's like a 
whole week, nine to five kind of thing. Uh, it's actually a two part thing. So I think in total, it could be two weeks if you do it back to back, but that's always been on my bucket list. Um, you know, when we can travel, travel, but really try to figure out now, how do I become a bigger pillar of the community and get my clients and my circle and my vibe to participate in those things? Because, you know, I threw all those parties and we would try to have a philanthropic thing, but you know, people were just about partying. And now I think during this time, we see how important it is to be part of change, be part of non-for-profits, be part of community, do what you can, organize, clean up the streets, whatever. So I think that's kind of where my focus is. And as far as the shop goes, man, right now I'm just trying to do good hair, give people a beautiful moment away from whatever they're dealing with in their life and uh, stay open, you know? <laughs> yeah, stay, I mean, stay open yeah. is, a, is a big thing. I mean, most so many businesses we're talking like hundreds of thousands of businesses yeah. have permanently closed and shut down yeah. and uh it's it's you know there's a lot that we're mourning this year and a lot of um recovery and restoration that we have to do just with our ourselves our soul our mental our heart mm -hmm. our mind body soul all of it and i'm just glad that you are equipped to do the best you can limit your hours protect yourself and still kind of keep it going yeah. that's a a very special skill we're just fortunate that that some of these businesses will survive yes. so i'm glad that you are making that work Thank for you. yourself and that can only happen when you've given people a great experience yeah. you know when um you have five favorite restaurants those are the restaurants you're going to keep eating yeah. at even if you have just 20 bucks right yeah. you're not going to be trying new restaurants or you know all of that attitude you know you think about those restaurants like all that attitude you got and like you know, those people are begging people to come back now, yeah. you know, and um, always treat people well. I think that's just like a lesson for life is just treat people well, give them a great experience with you, however short or long it is. And, you know, they'll come back and that's how you you build community. So I love that plan for the future is so much needed in Chicago. I shared you with my um, my friend who you probably met, um, cur a curator friend, Sadie Woods. She's a big DJ. Um, she's been staying busy with the community during all of this and doing a lot of outside things. And she's very much involved and stuff like that. She's also teaching over there at um, SAIC. Oh, nice. And I, yeah. And so that's, that's someone who, if you wanted to kind of take the curation thing off your plate, you have people, you have resources yes. to kind of assist with that, even like painting the walls. She has no problem <laughs> getting in there and painting some walls. Um, but would you like to share outside of hair being art which is the website and the instagram i'm going to keep saying thank it, you so hair much art. um wh what is like the address and you know can do you take people who i, I guess right now you probably want to schedule people but would you like to share where you're located yeah. well i want to first of all say thank you so much for what you're doing for this beautiful conversation and for just giving people energy and a space to just talk about whatever i think to you and everyone out there that's creative, entrepreneur, trying to like figure out how to stay inspired right now and find creativity during a really difficult time. <laughs> like I know I'm usually like a go, go, go person. And it has been difficult to, to uh, get motivated to do much past just going to work. Right. So, you know, let's all just remember to give ourselves some, some grace and some love. Um, I am at 1026 North Milwaukee, which is like Milwaukee in the highway, Milwaukee and Noble, Milwaukee and Augusta, depending on what you know over here. 
Uh, it's called Yoyu, and we are open almost every day. My Instagram is Yo Good Hair, and I am not taking new people as of right now, but I love people to come in and shop. Come check it out. We have some some merch. My brand is La Hefa. My LLC is La Hefa, so. I have love some. That. I have that. some cute. Boss, I, boss. Uh, I have <laughs> some cute stuff. We sell some skincare. We have some jewelry, some hair stuff. Um, we I, and we sell art. So I have a whole bunch of art up in the shop right now. Everything's for sale, and I am always looking to help out people. So if y'all have a, a non for profit or an organization that needs something, needing products donated for like a fundraiser, please reach out to me. Uh, if you're looking to do like a photo shoot or something creative, I'm here. I do have an apprentice who takes clients, so she is handling new people. Uh, and then we also have a woman that works for us who is an amazing, amazing natural hair t- uh, hairstylist. She Her main focus is like locks and natural hair. Her name is Kenyatta. She's been doing hair for a very long time. I'm so grateful that she is part of our team. Her presence is extremely appreciated and brings really great energy so please come by whenever you guys want reach out say hello critique my podcast skills uh (laughs) whatever the good bad and the ugly i'm accepting of all of it i'm here to learn this is not my strong suit nicole you're definitely better at it than i am no, this is me. I mean, I, I basically thought I was going to be Anna Wintour and then, you know, no, you have time. Don't like. put this, you know, <laughs> I still have you time. still have time. I'm 15 years um, in the game and still am not, have not done hair for the cover of Vogue and it is still on my list. And I believe one day I will do it. So, you know, they say it, one yeah, of the best things yeah. I've ever read in a book, uh, think and grow rich is one of the best books I've ever read by Napoleon Hill. Yes, Napoleon oh, Hill. such a great book, isn't it? Love it. But I remember reading yes. that book. He says, you know, most people don't succeed until between 40 and 60 years old. The people that truly succeed and that. reach. I'm fine with it. Uh, me too. I'm, I'm fine so with I think, aging, getting older, yes, all that. Look, I'm 34 and I'm like, just, I still feel young. <laughs> but I also feel like I'm just, I'm just beginning. Like I just got the seasoning on, you know, I just, it's just marinated. I haven't even, I'm, I'm not even there yet. So, and I think that's something super important for anyone that's like young or new to something out there to remember, or even people that are at where we're at is like, it takes so much time, right? It takes a lot of time. And then life happens. Things take time. And then I life happens. get obsessed with like life the overnight success yeah. and they like to look at Kylie and all that's that just, kind of stuff. That took time like- too. Exactly. You know? It took all those years. And it still works. And it still works. So it still works. They still yeah. wake up and have to deal with things. So, and and yeah. let me tell you, a lot of people aren't as financially successful as you think they are. You know, money, all that. It's like, be smart, read, have good people. And the other thing too, I will say is like, people want to participate in your passion. It's why famous people succeed the way they do is because there's so much like, glitz and glam and tech you just really at the bottom line is just so much energy right in that lifestyle and in that passion it's like so people want to be part of that so if if whether you have to fake it to make it but genuinely if you love what you're doing it will bring you it will bring you abundance I really do feel that way no it's so true it's like just doing it especially when you're doing it and you don't even know if you're going to get paid. It was so funny because I didn't have 
my sponsorship like button turned mm-hmm. on and Kenny was like turn that thing on like you never know like and so people started listening and actually paying and like you know, you know they was like or like throw me a couple bucks here and there and it's like I'm like why would someone want to sponsor little, little old me but they but do. because they there's because how many people are on this planet you, you know yeah. and that's the beautiful thing about I think you always have to remember like somebody needs something or somebody is looking for something like and that's something I try to remind people with money too like don't don't ever judge anybody thinking they don't have like they're not capable of whatever you offer and vice versa like just there's something you're we're all here on this planet for each other right it's like yeah another thing too is like and i'm sure you're reading all the same crazy books that i'm Ooh, reading send me so, your book you know. list oh girl is massive but I, I'll, I'll i'll trickle it to you i'll send it to you and don't know whatever i love it's it just like it said like all business is the people business yep. meaning like even things when people get fair, afraid of like ai yep. and things like that it's like well who's engineering that stuff mm-hmm. you know it's like it's people behind every behind single business and we're not connected and helping each other supporting each other like you said vibing and you're right with the entertainment industry I think a lot of people out here they always ask me like oh is it fake is it fake and I'm like no you just find your tribe like all the porn stars with all the other porn people all the like whatever. right like fake people are hanging out with each other you're like your your vibe leads to the tribe right. and and don't be afraid of that be open to it even if it's just a few people and so there's room for everyone to live i love that advice and i actually can't wait to travel um to chicago and reconnect with everyone especially now that you and i have had this really amazing Me conversation too. Well, i'm coming to la i'm coming i'll be in oh, i okay. am we're gonna have to meet up i'm coming at the end of the month um, oh, okay, good. Well, we'll shield up. I'm gonna up, be super shielded up. I'm getting tested. I get tested weekly. Um, you know, to each their own. You gotta do whatever is best for you out there. I'm not gonna preach my opinion on anything, but other than like, you know, to touch one more time on this, what we were just talking about is like, we're all human. If there's anything, I think that that is the underlining thing that's coming out of this year is like, we are all here. We're all connected. We're all human beings. At the end of it, rich, poor purple, pink, brown, yellow, green, you know, we're all human beings and we all need to just do better. We need to do better because we're capable of it. We are not tapping into our potential like we should be. And I think, and I think that's something that we're, you know, I do think this is on a spiritual level. This is a, a, uh, a raising of awareness and consciousness. And this is, you know, there's a really, really good, uh, little quick interview with, with Pharrell, I don't even, it was a while back, but in GQ, he's, he's on the cover, his outfits in a crazy, but he talks about something. There's a, I forget exactly how they worded the question, but he was just talking about how like, it's a spiritual warfare, you know, we're dealing with, and that's why I say it's like, it's an evolution. We're dealing with a, a changing of mentality, a changing of consciousness and it's been coming. And I think for whatever reason it picked this year, but it's coming, you know, it's happening. I shouldn't say it's co- happening. It's coming. It, not that it's coming. It's happening. I feel like it's happening right now. You know, it's beautiful. And we just need to stay in the flow of it and survive it the best way we breathe, can. Just breathe through. It's like yoga, right? You know, you ever like, I don't know if you do yoga. I love yoga, but like, I don't always love going to class, right? Or doing it. But once I get in it. Oh, I do it. I do it like through YouTube, right. like, um, fi- like Fight Master right. Yoga. 
is my favorite. So you guys, you know, I go to, if I want a little bit of pickup, like on the Pilates, I do blog a lot. That's Cassie Ho. So, you know, I, I mean, I, I didn't love gyms before the pandemic because of like sweat and stuff, but right. <laughs> um, I always worked out at home and I loved like fight master yoga. Cause she just has these like good, quick little 20 minute, you know, cause it's it, sometimes like those hour long classes and you have to go and drive there. All of that's draining. You right. But there, it's like you get on the mat car. and whatever happens yeah. is meant for you. And sometimes it's a position and sometimes it's just a breath. Sometimes there's like one breath during it that just does it all. And I think that's just something that's like, metaphorically kind of like connected to what's going on right now like all of this is inhale exhale right every day all this stuff that's happening and it and and I just keep reminding people like humans are so amazing we're so capable of so many things and we just really this unity that's coming is coming from a deep down desire of reconnecting as human beings and all of us just doing better you know that's why everyone why everyone went and bought a plant why because we want to be connected to the earth like it's natural instincts I know. I know. I talked to my plants. The three of them are are holding on to dear life over mm-hmm. there. But thank you so much. Keep going, everyone. This was great. Take yes. Breath. I appreciate it. I, I'm I'm trying to get a makeup artist next. I want to talk about all the things that make up how you show up in the world. I love it. Um, but I love what you're doing, and I can't wait to see you when you come to yes. LA. Okay. Little tidbit on hair. Can I just throw something out there? For everybody, look, take care of your scalp. I think take a hair, skin, and nails vitamin. Take a daily vitamin if you can. Brush, massage, get it clean. You know, healthy scalp is healthy hair. So there's a lot of advice out there. Just trust your instincts. Trust it. But if you look at that scalp and it needs a little love, take care of it. Hit me up if you have any questions. You know, do the mask, do the conditioners. When you're in the shower and you shampoo your hair before you condition, wring it out, wring your hair out so that you can let that conditioner absorb. Lots of oils, moisturize, right? We're getting a little older. You got to exfoliate. You got to moisturize. You got to do all those good things. Same thing with your hair. Exactly. (laughs) Do the routine. Maybe you could do a live or you could do like a little thing and you can show us how you do yours. Oh, man. That's horrible. I'm so lazy. But okay, I'll do something. I love it. Maybe our next thing will be Instagram live. I know. And then that day I'll have to actually do my damn hair, but I, I, I'm, t- I don't have no black girl skills. I don't know how to braid. I don't know. Well, how we can to- do it. We'll do it. We'll, we'll go through Nothing. it. I have videos on how to braid your hair on my, on my Instagram. So you can check that out and then we'll touch base, see how you're doing. All right. I'll do some bad braids and practice before you come, but I can't wait to give you a social distance. Yes. Hug. Okay. Well, we'll be in touch about that. And for everyone else that's listening, I really appreciate you, Nicole and everybody else. Thank you. And as I always say to my small, but valuable audience, thank you until next time. Peace. Peace.